Welcome to Toy Talk with Dr. Tasha Toy, a talk show with probative interviews about relationships, self-care, and so much more. No batteries included. It's time for Toy Talk. Here's Dr. Tasha Toy. Welcome, everyone. This is Dr. Tasha Toy, and welcome to Toy Talk. This is a wonderful time for you because we are on our second session with uh, two uh, very dear friends of ours. Uh, Karen is always with us, but we'll do introductions in a second. But this is a two-part series about doctoral studies. Last week, we introduced the topic, The Struggle is Real, and that continues today. So without further ado, I would like to introduce the person who is always here with us with her fancy mic. This is Dr. Karen Reed Hendon. What's poppin', say George? <laughs> Got to study for a second. I like it. <laughs> Next, I would like to introduce to you the two individuals that will be introdu- uh, interviewing Karen and myself. That will be first Jamita K. Davis. Jamita, are you there? <laughs> Mita? I think she just disappeared. Again? Yeah. Okay, we're gonna just going to skip that and go to, to Tanya. Tanya, introduce yourself, please. Are you Hello, there? My na- I'm here. My name's Tanya Bridges. I am currently in my first year at Liberty University, um, and it's an online um, study, the entire program. So, so I'm excited. I'm glad you're excited, Tanya. And if uh, you're joining us, uh, Tanya just shared her journey. Uh, Karen and I are, thank you, Jesus, on the other side of the process of our doctoral studies. I finished mine 10 years, 11 years ago um, from Seton Hall University in uh, higher education, research and policy. Karen, what's your background? Uh, higher education, student affairs, and educational leadership administration. All right. Has Jamita rejoined us? I am going to reconnect her. All right. Now, while that's taking place, just to give you an update, uh, last week we asked questions of each other about the process of doctoral studies. More, more or less 2% of the entire population in the United States have earned doctorates. Earned doctorates are when you actually go to the, the uh, coursework, you um, present either an end capstone project or you do a ruling research project that is normally turned into a book, traditionally turned into a book, called a thesis, a dissertation. Thesis is for a master's degree on most terms. Um, having that process, going through the ins and outs, uh, all of us have a different perspective of um, what that looks like. And wanting to know what that looks like and feels like and the port support system and the guidance that's there, uh, Tanya and Jamita joined us to... Um, get the wisdom from, I would say, the old heads, which would be Karen and myself. Uh, Tanya, on the other hand, has a homework project, and she reached out to us about what does this really mean? I have this homework project and has about some questions for us that we're going to answer about our experience going through that doctoral process. So uh, without further ado, Tanya. Yes, ma'am. Are you ready for your homework assignment to get started? I am ready. All right. Um, So what's your first question? My first question is, what was your motivation for pursuing your doctoral degree in your field of study? Hit it, Karen. Okay. So my motivation uh, was twofold. I already knew that I wanted to advance my career in higher education and student affairs, but in order to get into some of those 
um, senior level roles, a PhD was something that had to be um, cultivated. Uh, and um, part of the, the other part of the motivation of that comes from my experiences when I worked at Wayne State University under Dr. Brian Terry and under Dr. Charles Brown uh, and Dr. Kay Wallace. So all three individuals, um, all African-American, and all had to kind of go through different um, experiences to advance through their careers. All three of them uh, worked full time while earning their doctorates. Some came from different backgrounds, but they all kind of ended up funneling into those senior level roles. So that was my main motivation. Okay. For me, it was very different. Um, <clears throat> I mean, my decision, my junior year of undergrad that I wanted to be in higher education and I didn't know exactly what it was. I wanted to initially be in faculty studies, but higher education uh, college and universities, how they function and what they did and how the impact on an, uh, a community um, made a difference for me. Uh, I shared before I went to an HBCU and one of the big things about North Carolina Central University, Love You uh, Eagles, has been that we had a very tight and continued bond with our community. So seeing its dual purpose really intrigued me. On the other side of it, um, there were, I would say, three people, actually four people that really made a difference that really poured into me and they don't know it some knew some didn't that I wanted to do what they wanted to do that they were what they were doing Dr. Uh, Percy E. Murray who is a, a former chair former dean with at uh, North Carolina Central who was a tenure professor in the history department where I earned my degree would speak and say, this is, you know, I got asked to be um, a dean or president at these different institutions uh, during our classes. And I was just like, wow, they ask you to do jobs? Wow. And then he talked about the perks. And I was like, that's not too bad. That's not too bad. Um, Roger Bryant, Dr. Roger Bryant, who it was the, uh, in, at a short short amount of time, the vice chancellor for student affairs um, really helped me and groomed me. Um, he's no longer with us. And also Reverend Mignon E.M. Snipes from Livingstone College also helped. Um, she's no longer with us, but the biggest one that really groomed me into the woman that I am and who welcomed me to um, AKA land, as I say from time to time, is Mrs. Rosa Anderson, who is now over, she was in community service at North Carolina Central. Now she's in public administration graduate studies. Those four people, the ones who really showed me the ropes and my junior year, I I was a, uh, I enjoyed my, my freshman and sophomore year. I'll say that. <laughs> I don't know who didn't enjoy <laughs> their freshman and sophomore year. Because I didn't know what you I wanted to do. be reflective. Very time. reflective. And I didn't know what I wanted to do. But once that was dropped, my grades went up. I had a plan. I knew I was going to get a terminal degree. I was going to get a PhD. And that was it. And everything from then to now was based on that one, those little bits of conversation. So that was my, my field. Why I want to go into that field and how I was steered towards uh, a terminal degree. Okay. So with you, Tasha, you knew kind of, you knew kind of early on, yeah. you know, that's normally not the case. I know no. at least in my case, you know, <laughs> took me many years <laughs> to decide. So it took me a hot second too. Though, so yeah. <laughs> don't feel bad. But I mean, and, and Tanya has known me since undergraduate and she'll tell you, I, I was tunnel vision. I mean, I was on a mission. You were either going to be on my team or you're not going to be on my team, but this is the end goal. This is what we're going to do. Yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. Uh, question two. What added challenges do African-American doctoral students face compared to their white counterparts regarding degree completion? Ooh. Oh, the fact that we don't complete it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, but I, yeah. think that's, I think that's relative. Very. Um, because if you have a strong support system behind you and you have processes yeah. uh, that allow for completion, you will complete. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for some of us, it's just life that gets in the way that makes it difficult to move from progressing through the program to completion. And I would venture to add, it also depends on... It, we, I think we do have it harder for us of color because our community doesn't understand it. You know, yes. it, having that process of getting a terminal degree is all-encompassing. It's very immersive. Mm-hmm. And if you yes. don't have a mom or dad, a sister or brother, or someone who's gone before you, they don't really understand why and in their own way can be very defeating, not meaning to, but can be very defeating during the process. Uh, yeah. Jamita and I are first cousins, and Jamita's dad was the first one in our in our line to have a terminal degree. Right, Mita? Uh, she she dropped off again. I can't get her back on. Okay. Yeah. And then the other part of it is um, I also, for me, had a mother who is also about the process. She had a terminal degree. And all of that together made a very big <clears throat> difference when it was time, for, when I had struggles, um, actually understanding the process about what I was going through. So those two individuals made a big difference um, in it. But it, but that does not mean that I didn't have other family members, not them, but other ones on the outskirts that were looking in of, why you got to do it? You got a, yeah. you got a good job. Yeah. You got a good job with benefits. Yeah. Why, why you got to go do that? You know, you got a job. And it's yeah, not. Yeah, mine was slightly different. Yeah. yeah. It's, diff- it's very different so that was that part but then I also had a mom and an uncle who were like so what did your what what did your chair say that conversation doesn't happen all the time and that's the blessing of having that yeah I mean something that you have to remember is that even in terms of just the number of us that have uh doctorates be it an EDD or a PhD or DBA or anything else like those numbers are still really really minuscule Mm mm-hmm and it makes it hard to try to find um, those to emulate, which is why, like, when you read a lot about mentorship and engagement, yeah. they often encourage you to try to find not just your allies, but your sponsors that may come from different walks of life so that you can be supported throughout. Mm-hmm. So, like, I know from my own experience, um, there there wasn't anyone within the family per se that had a doctorate that went through the process that I went through. Yeah. But because I was strong enough to find supporting players, you know, with Tasha, with Dr. Linda Brown, with Dr. Wallace, with so many other individuals, it, it kind of balanced everything out Yeah. so that I knew that I had folks to go to, that I could talk through things and they knew exactly where I was coming from. Because I know if I tried to ask my mom or Mm -hmm. uh, my grandmothers, they would have no clue. They would just say, okay, go do what you know how to do. Which that doesn't happen. That doesn't help the problem. You know, I still need, I still need to know this APA format, (laughs) grandma, you know, but you don't know about no APA, (laughs) (laughs) you know, just, Baby, go ahead and do. But, you know, and I think that's the thing that drew Karen to me because I was young. Ooh, I had just finished my doctorate. Yeah. Yeah. And I met Karen. I I defended in December and I think March or some that following year I met Karen and Karen was like, I'm just starting my program. So I hate to tell you, we we together for for life. (laughs) 
it, but, and, but you know what? Karen was the first one that I was like, okay, so what's going on? And she's like, what do you mean? But it, I think it's also with us going through the process, looking over our shoulder and bringing up, bringing the ones behind us, the ones that we want to bring have to be honest and open and stop being strong. I need you to yeah. be vulnerable, vulnerable with me in this process so I can help you. I was yeah. vulnerable with whomever, I mean, with my mom. It, that was the blessing, you know, mom and a person who's gone through the process. That's a rarity in our community. But there were times I had to ask Karen, I said, I need you to be vulnerable. I need you to tell me the truth. And she was like, oh, I, okay. Yeah. So I find myself crying on the phone. And she was like, I don't want to <laughs> cry. But here's the thing. In order for you to get through and for us to live it, because it will kill you. It's called a terminal degree for a reason. For a reason. Mm-hmm. For you to get Come through, you're going to have to be vulnerable, vulnerable with the ones at the right place. Your mama and yeah. big mama might not be able to take it. But your girl or your boy that has gone through it, let me tell you, and you can sit down in there at the table and share. Yeah. And that's very important for both to be very authentic and very raw in those moments. And this, And it might be some things you don't want to hear. But that love of getting you through, you and if I'm on this side, I'm telling you what I know. Yeah. And a couple of points, um, like what you were saying, Tasha, like for me, um, I don't have anyone in my immediate family, but I have several friends, you and of course, several others, mm-hmm. you know, let me know, hey, I, they're here. Um, I can reach out and I understand the, that you have to be vulnerable because even in our first conversation, it's like, you like, how's it going? I'm like, yeah. Okay, no, you know, tell me the real deal. You know, tell me he's not lying. And then I'm like, girl. (laughs) So you know, I appreciate that, and just to have you guys there, um, very helpful so far through the process. And I know you'll be there throughout the entire process. Um, And Karen, one thing you hit on was the socialization part of it. And a lot of the research I've been doing, um, I've noticed that that's the key to Mm -hmm. making it through. So to find that 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 family, that professional family, institutional family is key in in finishing the process. So thank you both. Um, next question: How does the diversity of a university influence African American students' persistence in uh, completing their degree? Oh, that was my dissertation topic. Oh. <laughs> did she just have a moment? I, a, I did. I just had a I had a moment. Uh, so, okay, so like when we think about the history of just colleges and universities, I think the first thing that we have to remember is that they weren't necessarily made for us. And even yes. by the time they were created, mm-hmm. they were created with the um, with the thought process that it was going more towards labor and not necessarily those higher echelons of thinking. A&M's, right? techs, institutes. Right. Your yep. A&M's, your techs, your institutes, they were meant to, you know, they were created for labor. And A&T. Yeah, I said it. Yes. I said it. <laughs> so, so, um, so with that being said, um, you know, when we think about things like what's, when we think about the diversity of an institution, right. I, I feel like we're, we're, you know, we're often caught in this real dichotomy of trying to find the best place for us mm-hmm. and the best place that is going to allow me to flourish as I need to within the um, the group of studies that I said that I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. So, um, 
that's why it becomes, again, incredibly important that even if you can't find it at your institution, mm-hmm. that you seek out those organizations and those individuals that can balance that mm-hmm. for you. True. So for so just kind of going back to how, you know, me and Tasha first began, there wasn't, from my standpoint, a, a, a huge number of persons of color that were doing orientation in the state where I was. True. But when I attended the National Orientation Directors Association Conference, and mm-hmm. I went to that um, to the Orientation Professionals Institute for O-P-I. those folks that were first going into it, OPI for life. Um, it was there that I began to see like, oh, there are individuals of color that are doing this work that recognize the importance of completion, but also can see how what someone is going through at the beginning of their experience can turn around and color everything that they do throughout. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, we would like to think it would cult, you know, culminate in completion. So even though there's not a high level of diversity in some instances, mm-hmm. it's where you have to go and go find it. Mm-hmm in order to build that. And then that's the other part with mentorship, because once you find it, you got to hold on tight to it and you have to find ways to engage it as best as you can. And that's where mentorship and sponsorship can come in, uh, come in real handy. Okay. Um, what I would say is, um, <clears throat> the, for me, I would say the biggest thing had, I was the only one of color in my, my studies, to be honest with you. And it was, not a culture shock, but I think my mindset was so that I was just like, you know what, I'm da- about this. Um, my undergraduate and graduate studies was all black, of course. But I think for me, I was so tunnel vision. I applied to three uh, doctoral programs, got into two, which was NC State's higher ed program and Seton Hall. And I was just like, you know, I'm on a mission. For me, I think it was more of a culture shock because, um, and again, Tanya was there. I packed up, I didn't renew my lease. I stole, sold all my stuff. And not only did I go to a uh, PWI, predominantly white institution, it was ca- private. It was Catholic. Um, I'm not Catholic. Good group of people. But, um, and it was in New Jersey. And no one I knew was in New Jersey. Everybody was... North Carolina, South Carolina, North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia. Um, so for me, it was a lot of a culture shock, and it was really standing by myself. But I knew in order to endure, that's what I needed. Um, uh, when it comes to demographic overview, for me, I expanded beyond just my uh, race and ethnicity, but also my gender. Um, I, I can't leave one behind without the other. And for me, I would say um, I was I was the only black. I was one of the youngest and I was the only black female. I was only black and only female, uh, black female. Uh, It was only five in our cohort. But for me, it really did make a difference. Mine was, is it a good institution? Can I get in? Can I learn? Can I get out? And those things did take place. And that's, again, uh, where you do go and find other people to say, hey. And I also have to say my mentor, uh, Dr. Uh, jo, um, Dr. Stetter, S-T-E-T-A-R, uh, he was a very good mentor to me. Uh, he knew my struggle. He really put me in places and gave me opportunities. Uh, regardless, I was just good. You know, I was just good. I'm not the baddest. 
out there, but he just knew I was good. Um, and he put me in places and gave me opportunities that were second to none, regardless of my race and ethnicity or how I said thank you, ma'am and sir, which was a outlier in New Jersey at the time. So I, mm-hmm. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. And I also did have friends while I was up there that helped me. Um, they were ahead of me and some were behind me, but those are the individuals that helped me right then and there of, did you, did you, did you have to go through this with your, you, that, that helped a lot too. That helped a lot. We got 21 minutes. I know you got three more questions. Uh, actually I have two. Two. Oh, so, okay. Yeah. The next one, um, and you kind of both hit on it through your, diver- your adversities that you faced. What pushed you through? I mean, was it a combination of things was there one thing that really stuck out but what really gave you that extra push to 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 make it through i'll go first so yeah let me go let me go real quick Uh, i I know what it was it was my faith it was uh faith family and focus those are the three i'm done okay uh mine was shaquille o'neal okay i'm done oh yeah the shaquille o'neal theory go ahead okay let me tell you why because during the time that it became really, really difficult for me, Shaquille O'Neal completed his PhD at Barry University in Florida. Sure did. And I remember calling Tasha saying, girl, Shaquille O'Neal <laughs> has his doctorate. If he can get one, surely, surely I can complete this. For all that is right. True. So true. Surely I can complete this. Um, but I would also have to credit my, uh, my cohort mates, as well as um, my uh, my dissertation committee. Like yeah. They were the ones that were very much so like, you've got this, you've been doing this work for the past however many years, you're learned, you know what it is that you know. So finish. This doesn't have to be your greatest work, but it's, gone, it's on the path to you becoming great. So yeah. just finish. Mm-hmm. You finish this now and we'll work on you getting great later. All right. What's okay. your next one? Um, Last question. Any guidance? What guidance can you give um, African-American students that's currently going through the process? Karen, hey, we got two more minutes. Go ahead. Okay. So I would say for guidance, just find your tribe. It's important to find the individuals that are on the same pathway that you are and know that you have individuals to talk through things, even if they don't understand everything, knowing that they can, um, knowing that they can just be there in the thick of it and not make you feel badly for it is, I think, really crucial. And just remember that, you know, you're going to be writing all the time. So, like, allow yourself <laughs> to say everything. Yeah. But then figure out how to separate, you know, the fat from the muscle. Yeah. And I was going to say, be con- be concise. Um, we have all seen or heard those professors that can pontificate for a while. But the thing about it is the new norm of, of the doctoral program is being concise. Um mm-hmm. The the what I would say is make sure you have a tribe, make sure you're focused and you you're disciplined. Um, mm-hmm. Use the word no, not yes. not later, but no. Now, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Use no now. Use no now, and also understand what that means when it comes to the long term. Um, I rather sacrifice now for a better tomorrow, yeah, and yes. um, and you're not alone. You are completely yeah. unadulterated, not alone. You are not crazy. You're courageous. And those yes. are the things that people on the outside might not know. And I keep saying outside because you will start learning and seeing that it's an inside 
And it's the outside. And the question now becomes what you want to do. And also Mm -hmm. um, make sure that your relationships around you are fortified. Um, And I shared this with Tanya, you know, and Karen knows this. There's been many marriages that have broken up because of a a terminal degree. Many Mm -hmm. families have uh, ended because of that. So make sure that you are, you, your, your tribe and the people around you are really solid in this process and, and your friends, you know, this is when you get to figure out who your real friends are. Some Mm -hmm. friends of mine didn't make it with me. If I'm still Mm -hmm. talking to you, 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 you made it with me. And the ones I didn't, it's just, you know, it's a, as the pastors would say, it's a time and a season for everything. All right. That's right. So, um, with that being said, Karen, uh, Tanya, do you have any more questions for us? Um, that's all I have. Thank you both for uh, your great insight. I appreciate it. All yeah, right. you're welcome. Glad to do it. Well, with that being said, we would like to say thank you very much. Um, this is Dr. Tasha Toy, and this is Toy Talk, No Batteries Included. We are very fortunate to have Tanya with us. Jamita, we are so sorry. We'll see you next time. Karen, it's always great to have you here with us. Until next time, St. George, come back and visit us on Facebook, YouTube, and also our live streams. Or if you have any ideas of email, email us at toytalk2thegmail.com. We're going to take a break uh, from recording, so we'll see you in two weeks. Thank you very much. And again, this has been Toy Talk. Have a good day.